Welcome to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour, a podcast about marketing, technology, and life. This is episode 49, How to Measure Local SEO Analytics for SMBs, and it starts right now. Digital Marketing Happy Hour is brought to you by Last Call. If you don't have time to stay up to date on the latest news affecting the digital marketing landscape, listen to Digital Marketing Happy Hour Last Call for a brief recap on the latest news with commentary so you'll stay informed. A new episode drops every Monday on this podcast. For more information, visit araxam.com. That's A-R-A-X-A-M.com. This is a happy hour, and of course, we can't get started until we discuss what beverages we have in front of us. So Chris, what are you drinking during this happy hour? I am sticking with the theme of local craft beer. I am having a, from one of my favorite local breweries, Green Bench, I am drinking Never Too Much, which is a blend of bourbon barrel-aged golden sour ales. Very nice today. What about you, Ryan? What are you drinking? You know, the, the weather's getting warm, and uh, unless you're out like in Colorado, where I think it's still snowing, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. So I kind of dipping into sort of those uh, summer beers for me, which I like is the Mexican beer. So it is a uh, Modelo Especial. Very nice. Well, we have our beverages in hand, so let's get started. He's Ryan Smith. I'm Chris Caselli. Thank you for joining us this week on Digital Marketing Happy Hour. If you're new to our podcast, then we welcome you. And if you're a repeat listener, thank you for joining us. And if you continue to find value in this podcast, please kindly leave us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. So today's episode is part two in a two-part miniseries where we're breaking down all things local SEO. We'll discuss what metrics, KPIs, which are key performance indicators, you should check when measuring the success of your local SEO efforts. In our last episode, episode 48, how to rank your SMB for local SEO, we broke down what you need to do to improve your local SEO. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, uh, we encourage you to go back and listen, and this episode will make a lot more sense. So Chris and I, we're gonna go through and discuss a list of really it's both SEO and local SEO metrics that you need to monitor and the tools that will help you find out where to locate all these different analytics from. So Chris, we're going to start off with probably the most obvious that everybody hopefully checks, if not a weekly on a daily basis, and that's Google Analytics. And one of the first things you want to see with your local SEO is you always want to look at organic traffic. Specifically, the new users that come from organic. And the reason why I specify that is when we're talking specifically, is your organic traffic working? Are the SEO efforts that you have been doing really working? You need to look at new users specifically. And the reason why is if you have a successful ad campaign that is running, by default, your organic traffic is also going to go up and it's going to inflate. And a lot of that is because people might do a Google search and they click on your paid ad, or you might get people to click on a Facebook ad and they're coming to your website. In both those cases, they're new users, so they come. But it's not a good place, they leave. 
And the next time they think about it, they're like, oh, and they just do a Google search for your company name. And when they, on the return, they come in and obviously now they have a organic search. But what that doesn't tell you is how effective is your SEO? And you could be investing in SEO for uh, several months, maybe even a couple of years. So you want to look at new users, organic growth. And it's how are people finding you the very first time they get to your website? So in Google Analytics, you should check out organic traffic. And again, specifically look out, you know, the growth or decline of new users that are coming in organically. Yeah, Ryan, it's kind of fitting that we're starting with Google Analytics because there are so many great tools out there. Some of them paid, and we're going to talk about some of those shortly. But Google Analytics is completely free and provides a ton of power. So to your point about checking it at least weekly, if not daily, a lot of great information you can gain from it that will help you measure how your campaigns are performing and allow you to make changes. So you mentioned the organic traffic, specifically new user organic traffic. I want to talk about conversions. You should absolutely be tracking your conversions in Google Analytics. There is a goal option in the menu for Google Analytics where you should be going in. And anytime you've got a form on your website, you know, where people fill out and provide their email address, and you know, maybe it's just for your newsletter, maybe it's for an order, whatever the case might be, you should be tracking all of your email signups, any of the phone calls that you're receiving, any form submissions that you get. And of course, if you have an e-commerce site where you're getting sales, that should be part of your goal conversions as well. And the reason you track the conversions and configure all of that in Google Analytics, because not only does it track the order data or the user information, but it ties it back to the search. So we can take a look at those conversions and we can segment to see which of those came from the organic traffic sources. And that is super powerful because it allows you to separate those that are coming from a broader audience reach versus those that are in your local SEO area. That's a good point. And Typically, the conversions that come to your website, and again, a conversion is when you're getting information or getting a sale. So we count conversions as a form fill, a phone call, a conversation that got started maybe through a chatbot that is on your website. Those are conversions. We don't count conversions, time on sites, page views. They scrolled 75% down the page. So I want to be clear about this. These are true conversions. Uh, that are set up with it. And typically your organic conversions are your highest converting out of all the channels that you can see in Google Analytics. Uh, last in Google Analytics we look at is in the referral section. Are you getting referrals from some of the local business listings? So for example, if someone is on Yelp and they're looking up for a local business or service and they click on the link and they go to your website, are you getting some referrals from those businesses. So again, this is just a gauge. I, we put it here at number three. I would say it's not the most important, but it will give you a little bit of insight as to the different types of listings that your customers are looking at before they get to your website. So there's a couple other options in Google Analytics, but those are the big three that we wanted you to focus on. We're going to transition over to the different platforms now, and we're going to start with Google My Business. I want to point out that when we're talking about the analytics or the insights that Google My Business provides, we are very specifically talking about local SEO. So the first thing we want you to look at is how customers search for your business in Google My Business Insights. And there's a couple ways that you could be found. The first is through direct. These are people who find your business profile search for your business name or address. 
And that can be helpful because if you want to measure things like brand awareness, how many people know about you in the local area, you will be measuring the direct traffic on your Google My Business Insights page. These are people that are typing in that business name or that address so they know who you are and they know exactly what they're looking for. Discovery is another category. And these are people who find your business profile searching for a category. You know, we talked about last week, the category that you associate with your your business, as well as the products or the services that you offer. And then finally, branded. And these are customers searching for a brand related to your business, not specifically your business, but some brand related to it. And these three buckets give you a sense of where you fit into that local SEO landscape. And the reason why we're specifying local SEO with Google My Business is your Google My Business profile shows up in the search engine results page, what they call the knowledge panel, which is on the right-hand side. And and you always know what the knowledge panel is because you see the little map, the listing, maybe you'll see the hours of operations. That comes up when you're doing a local search or specifically looking for that brand on there. So those all kind of tie into that local SEO So Google My Business is extremely important. And so these are the different metrics to see how did that Google My Business show up that Chris talked about with direct discovery and branded uh, for their search intents. Next area to look at is where customers view your business on Google. So it breaks it down. Did people search through Google search to find your business? Or the other one, which I think is really important that is overlooked, is did they find you via Google Maps? And just not all people do this personally, Chris, I use Google Maps as today's phone book. If I have to call and and look for a local business, it could be even if I'm going to pick up takeout, for example, I will use Google Maps to call the local restaurants uh, to do that, to find the phone number. So Google Maps has multiple uses other than just trying to navigate from point A to point B. Yeah, Google's added a lot of power to their maps, and I end up doing the same thing when I'm looking for things. I'll search in the map app on my phone instead of just using search, and you can get a lot of information, the phone number, so I'm, I'm with you there. The next area we want you to look at in Google My Business Insights is customer actions. You'll be able to, to tell, did customers visit your website? Did they request directions? Did they press the button to call your business? And again, when we're talking about conversions, none of these items are necessarily going to directly lead to a conversion. However, these are good leading indicators or key performance indicators to help measure that communication with your business that hopefully will eventually lead to a conversion. And so by taking a look at the customer actions, you can get a sense of how many of them are coming to the site, how many of them are requesting directions because they plan to come in versus how many are just giving us a phone call and what things do we need to potentially add to supplement that to ensure they can find the information that they're looking for to eventually lead to that conversion. The other part too, where you can find out about the customer actions that you find in Google My Business and see and defer it over to Google Analytics with your website address that you put into Google My Business, you wanna put a UTM tracking code on that so that you can identify in Google Analytics that these people came from your Google My Business page. So your source and medium, you definitely want it to be organic. You want it to be Google My Business on there because otherwise it'll probably come in as direct that Google and you won't be able to identify what happens with that traffic 
What did they do when they came from Google My Business? So again, it's another way, uh, kind of a spoke on the wheel that you can help put the puzzle pieces together of how effective, uh, how much visibility you're getting from local SEO, and then what kind of actions once your business shows up in Google are people taking. And as Chris talked about, they could click on the website, request directions, or they can they can call. Number four is the directions request. We're going to break that down one more. When people click the map and they can see get directions, in your Google My Business Insights, it actually shows you what zip codes that these direction buttons occurred in. This is really interesting because you can find out how far away are these zip codes coming that people clicked it. Now, the further away it is, depending on what type of service you have and how much competitors you have in between where that person zip code is, how far away it was in your business. So if it's a little bit of a rural area, you might not have that many competitors. Let's say we're talking five, 10 miles out. But if you're in a little bit more urban or suburban area, you might have a lot of competitors that are between five and 10 miles away from where this person clicked the directions button. What that's, what that's indicating is they more than likely want to know they're interested in your brand and they're interested in, in coming to your brick and mortar, but they click the directions because they want to see how far away you are. And if it's too far away, they'll probably go back to the drawing board and do another search to see if they can find somebody closer. Not always, but we like to look at the directions and the, the map clicks. Those are key performance indicators, which is great. It shows intent. But by no means should you hang your hat on that is in those are conversions because there's no guarantee they're actually come, going to come and shop at your place of business. So direction request is big, but we wanted to put a little asterisk next to that. Yeah, that's a good point. And the last area of Google My Business Insights that we recommend you check out is the phone calls. And more specifically, you know, as Ryan mentioned, you know, putting that UTM tracking code on, but with phone calls, what we really want to know is what day of the week or what days of the week do you receive the most phone calls? Is it on weekends? Is your business primarily busy on the weekends? Is it during specific days of the week? What about times? That can be really helpful for ensuring that you've got the right staff on site for the business to be able to answer those questions. Because again, if the goal is for them to find you locally, and then eventually to come into your place of business and you know, purchase lead to a conversion, you want to make sure that you're facilitating great customer service. This is a way for you to measure it. And last thing with phone calls, and, and, and one bit of advice you should do with all your phone calls is if you can put a call, a unique call tracking number on all these sort of third party, including Google My Business, where that used to be taboo. You can do that now. If you're using Google Ads, put a call tracking number on there. And one thing you have to look at when you're doing measurements of Google Analytics you will see phone calls in Google My Business. And then you look up at a call tracking and those phone calls don't match the amount of clicks. It's Google Ads is the same. You're running an ad campaign and people click to call. That will show one number. And then your call tracking number will show that there's actually less calls in both cases. The reason why it's good to measure this is you'll find out how many people click the button and you find out and maybe it was a misclick. It starts to ring and they hang up. And so your call tracking number analytics will actually give you the best insight and more accurate insight into how many people actually called where it rang inside your business. So it's a good uh, compare and contrast between those two because the numbers are usually inflated. Not that the clicks didn't happen. It's just they didn't make it all the way to call and you picked up on the other end. 
The next section we're going to break down is now the tools. What tools can you use that are maybe outside of Google Analytics and Google My Business? The first tip for local SEO, since we're really talking about that, and there are other tools. This is the one that's my personal favorite. I've been using this for a while. I've left it and I, I've gone back to it again because they continue to enhance it. And they are no, they're not sponsors of the podcast by any stretch, just tools I find effective. It is Bright Local. And the first thing that you can do in Bright Local is they have this local keyword rank checker. So you can actually look and see, you know, does your business appear for certain keywords in the local pack? So you can put your service in there, whatever your service is or your product is near me. That's a great one. It'll find out, are you showing up in the local map? Are you showing up outside of the local map, but in those localized analytics? And again, if you're not sure what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode 48, where we kind of broke down a little bit more about the local SEO. Next, again, do you appear in Google Maps in Bing? Are these keywords showing up? And so you enter these keywords that you want to rank for in Bright Local, and it will tell you where you appear. So it's not just Google, but it's also Google Maps, Bing, Bing Local as well. The next, the local business listings. In the SEO world, they call them citations. So some examples of these local business listings is Yelp, for example. That's another one. Facebook actually is another one. And there's tons of them. So are you listed everywhere you should be? That's first and foremost. Number two you want to check is your name, address, and phone number. So the acronym to that is NAP. Are there NAP errors? Meaning, is your name, address, phone number that is listed on your website, does it match the listings on there. Believe it or not, this is important. It might not be as important as it used to be. Uh, the value of it, Google's gotten smarter, but you still want to make sure, you know, is your street correct? You know, do you have a boulevard instead of a drive? Sometimes when you have third parties doing this, they make errors. Sometimes if you leave it to your intern to do this or an entry-level position, they can make errors. And these errors could be costly to your local SEO. So Bright Local will give you a list and verify if everything matches the way it should. And then you have the ability to see, have you claimed these listings on there? So we talked about Google My Business last week that you have to verify, you have to claim it. So this is very important. Then you can sort of own those listings on these third-party sites. So make sure that you do all those with the local business listings. And then lastly, which I love about uh, Bright Local, which again, all this impacts your local SEO, but also your user experience is your customer reviews. What are the top review sites? So it will list it out. You know, what are your, your reviews from Google? What are your stars and how many review counts did you get? Facebook, Yelp, et cetera. It will do one aggregated count from all those together with the total review counts and then your average stars as a whole. And it's important, again, to take a look and see what is your average star rating and review count. I think that's really important. People look at that. So if you're not following this, get a tool that you can find all of this in one simple place. Yeah, I agree with you, Ryan. Bright Local has really expanded their service offering lately, and they might be the best tool, the premier tool for local SEO in the marketplace. So speaking of tools, let's talk about a couple other tools. We talked about Google Analytics. We talked about some of the key things that you want to look at there. Google Analytics is a great starting point. I also recommend taking a look at some of the demographics and the affinity relationships that are in Google Analytics. It gives you a lot of powerful insights into who your audience is. So I would definitely check that out. 
One that we haven't mentioned so far, though, is Google Search Console. This was formerly known as Webmaster Tools. And the benefit of Search Console is that it allows you to see how your website is performing in search. And very specifically, it's great to take a look at the number of impressions that you're getting, but you can also take a look at the keywords that people are searching under and what your CTR is. And in other words, what is your click-through rate? So not just the keywords that your website or your web pages are showing up for, but more importantly, what are the phrases that are where you're being shown high enough in the search listing that people are actually clicking through and visiting the website. Very, very important. Particularly if you have pages that have high impressions, but low click-through rates, this might indicate that your title tags or your meta descriptions or potentially other on-page SEO elements of the page are not enticing the user to click. So it's an opportunity to improve those areas of your site so you can increase those click-through rates. After Google Search Console, SEMrush is one of the top SEO tools. And I mean, really, Ryan, we could sit here all day and talk about SEO tools because there's just so many in the marketplace. Uh, and if you've got a tool that works for you, absolutely use it. But the ones that we're recommending here, we're recommending for specific purpose. The benefit that SEM provides over all of the other vendors out there is their competitor research tool. You can learn so much about how your competitors are performing, the keywords that they're ranking for. And that gives you some opportunities if you're targeting that same market share. What are some of the improvements that you can make to your site to match and compete and potentially outcompete those competitors in the landscape? So SEM is a great tool. It's a paid tool, but it's a tool that will give you some insights into your competitors. Ahrefs is another fantastic one. That's A-H-R-E-F-S. And that is uh, a reference to the anchor links that appear on a website. And speaking of links on a website, this tool is awesome for performing a backlink analysis. If you want to see who is linking to your website, what other web pages and sites out there are sending links your way, and specifically what pages they're sending them to, this is the tool for you. You can get a treasure trove of information here, and that might help you when you're making changes to your website to continue to create valuable content to warrant more and more of those links. And if you remember back to the episode two weeks ago when we talked with Steve Wiedemann about SEO, there's lots of stuff that you can do technically on the page, but building up those links is one of the biggest indicators for Google that your website is trustworthy and therefore relevant in given search results. And then the final tool is PageSpeed Insights. And if you don't know this by now, mobile is taking over the world. People are moving off of their desktop computers. They're doing searches on their mobile phones, on their tablets. It's you know now with voice search, you're going to see more and more of this break away from mainframe computing, and it's going to be happening in smaller micro devices. Because of that, when those devices have to consume your website or other information, they're typically doing it on slower internet speeds. Now, a lot of mobile providers at this point offer LTE and high-speed internet, but you know what? If you're in a bad area or you're in a roaming area or the network is just congested with a lot of traffic at the time, it means your network speeds are gonna be slower. If your website has a very, very heavy payload and it takes a long time to render, that's gonna create a terrible user experience on mobile. PageSpeed Insights allows you to take a look at some of the things that are decreasing the speed of your site and it gives you an opportunity to go in and fix those things so that you can increase that speed. And again, on mobile devices, that is critical. Google is also rolling out effective in May of 2021. So depending upon the time that you listen to this podcast, it may already be out. 
Google page experience. And that's going to add more weight to that page speed when it goes live. This is going to increasingly become more important of an indicator. We've known about it for a while. We've been told page speed is very important, but the relevance of page speed has been a little bit lower. We're gonna transition more and more into the space where your pages better load fast. So we went through the local SEO, the different metrics that you can use to measure it in Google Analytics, in Google My Business, but then just the overall health of your SEO, what do you need to look at? As Chris said, are there other tools? Absolutely. These are also the tools that we have firsthand experience that we use, and they have helped us out tremendously uh, working with our clients all over the world. So please go ahead and check this out. And again, if you want to see it, everything that we have listed, best thing to do is go look at the blog post for this episode on araxum.com. Well, Chris, as always, we just can't wrap it up without talking about Keep It Light. So anything you're binge watching or reading these days? You know, I've been so busy teaching lately, but I did get a chance. HBO released The New Mutants which came out during, uh, I guess it was just prior to the pandemic and I hadn't seen it before. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to check it out, but I've been an X-Men fan. I thought they did a great job with some of those movies. And so I wanted to take a look and I have to tell you, truly disappointed. It was awful, colossal waste of two hours. And I would recommend steering clear of it and moving on to some of the other better things that are out in the space. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? What are you binge watching? Speaking of waste of time, we didn't talk about this. Did you see, uh, speaking of HBO, the new Justice League? Uh, I started watching it, but given that it's four hours long, it, it took a lot for me to get there. I probably watched about 45 minutes in and I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, I watched it. I watched all four hours in probably three sittings, I think is what it was. It was it kind of broke it up into to three. It was good. I, I I didn't hate it. I absolutely didn't love it. I thought there were some cool parts of it. But when you look at the scope of four hours. It's uh, not Avengers. And that's the problem. And they were really no, it's not. The last Avengers movie, it's actually two movies. It's Infinity Game or Infinity War and mm -hmm. Endgame. Right. And so it's two separate movies and they can be watched separate, but they plug in together very, very nicely if you choose to watch them back to back. But both of them are satisfying in different ways. Justice mm -hmm. League did not do it for me. No, I don't know. You take it like I have a dream and I have an almost unlimited budget. So this is what I'm going to create. And it's like, eh, it's not for everybody. So I know a lot of people are disappointed, but we didn't talk about that. So I was just kind of curious uh, what your thoughts were. Outside of that, I have, I'm, you know, excited that baseball's up. So been, been kind of watching a little bit of that as it's getting started in the first month, but really excited and fascinated with hockey. The, the, obviously the NHL has these unique divisions for the most part this year with the North division is just nothing but Canadian teams. And now it's the push for the playoffs. We're getting into the, we're less than a month away from the playoff start. So me, I'm just, it's great to watch to see how this whole thing plays out and really excited to see because these teams, if you're not familiar, have only played their own division, which never happens in pretty much any sport. You know, so that's kind of what I've been watching a little bit more into the sports world and uh, really enjoyed uh, the Masters when that was on as well. So that is, uh, that's what I've been binging, just a lot of sports. Well, as always, we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts on local SEO. What are you doing to increase your visibility? And what tools are working best for you? Is there something that we said that you disagree with? 
let us know. There's a couple of ways that you can find us. Reach out to us on LinkedIn. For me, just do a search, Ryan Smith Marketing, or just do a search for Araxum on LinkedIn. You'll find Chris and I there. And then on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Ryan Smith FLA. And you can find me on Twitter under Real Chris Caselli. That's R-E-A-L-C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-A-L-E. But my preferred social media network is LinkedIn, and you can find me there under my name, Chris Caselli, or as Ryan mentioned, under both Araxum and, of course, Digital Marketing Happy Hour. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Audible, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. We sincerely hope it will enlighten your day. After all, it is our mom's favorite podcast. And on that note, everyone have a great week. Thanks, everyone. Be kind to each other. Thank you for listening to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. This week's episode is brought to you by Araxum.com, your digital resource for marketing and technology. Visit Araxum at A-R-A-X-A-M.com. The music intro you heard is called Pure Adrenaline by Eddie off the album Too Damn Loud. You can learn more at CactusSlimRecords.com. The music used for closing credits is a song called In My Pocket by Jazzer. You can find it on their album Message. Learn more at betterwithmusic.com. Thank you for listening.